The King is here. And he has a word for us, for this congregation today. He's not done with what he's working on. But he's got a word for us as a congregation today. We're going to dismiss the kids. Thank you, praise team. Uh, I need to start off with uh, thanking everyone who has been praying for my sister Jeannie. Uh, we appreciate your prayers for God's will to be done. And uh, please, please continue to pray for my family, the Cronenberger family, uh, as we go through this. Uh, she was a great lady. Um, she was a longtime member of this church. She was a pastor's wife. Uh, she donated time. She did a lot of work for people that needed help. And uh, she was a great lady. And we're thankful for the life of my sister. Today, though, you may be seated. When we talk, when we read the Bible, it seems like there's a lot of contradiction going on in the Bible. Seems like it's supposed to be one way in our thinking, but God goes, no, it's really this way. Second Corinthians 12 says, when I am weak, then I am strong. It doesn't to our carnal mind, to our minds, to our thinking, we're like, how can that be? If I'm weak, how am I strong? Matthew 5, uh, Matthew 5, 44 says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. How is that normal thinking today. If you look at the news, you look at anything on the social media, it seems like the thinking that you need is, you better respect me. I don't need to do anything to gain your respect, but you better respect me, otherwise I'm going to violently oppose you. We assume that if you disagree with me, you hate me, and so i got to hate you back. In today's culture, and just like in, in the Bible days, it doesn't sit right with our carnal mind, our, our human thinking, that we should love our enemy and bless them that curse you. How many of you have have been flipped off and you went, Lord bless you. <laughs> Most of us in that moment are like, oh yeah? I mean, the Bible just seems like it's full of contradictions. We must die so that we can live. Amen. 
in Matthew, Jesus is teaching the uh, Beatitudes, and, and in our carnal thinking or our human thinking, it just goes against everything that we are brought up to believe. Don't worry about where you live. Don't worry about where you're going to get your food. Don't worry, worry about where you're going to work. Okay, so if I don't worry about that, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to have some place to live? If I'm not worried about where my house is or how I'm going to get a home, I mean, it goes against everything of what we're thinking. And today, in today's crazy world, it seems like, we really need to be focused on how we're going to survive and how we're going to get our food. And we're, we're like, Lord, I need a million dollars because I'm getting ready to go to the grocery store and to the gas station. I mean, it's about that nowadays. These prices creep back up. And if you want to eat healthy, you may need two or three million dollars. All the organic stuff that they're pushing is two or three times the price. So it's like, how do we put the Bible and say not to worry when these things are facing us every day? My text this morning is Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All the things that we normally worry about, we're not supposed to worry about. You read the scriptures beforehand, the scriptures after, and it's all about not to worry. It's all about, don't, don't even, don't, you don't have to think about it. I've got you. But it goes against everything that we would normally think about. Now, sometimes this is a harsh reality, but, you know, everything that is not of the kingdom is basically going to go to the trash heap. You know? doesn't matter how fancy your car is or how junky your car is. They're going to go to the same junkyard. It's the bottom line. <laughs> As the meme says, as, as the junk that you pile up in your house and then put into your closet and then goes to your garage, and eventually the dumpster, it's pretty much everything here on earth. Even those things that you hold dear as pictures of family members. And, you know, when, when we're gone, they're gone. You're, you... Many times, even if they're on digital files, and when they say digital files are forever, you know what? Eventually, they're going to be gone. All the nice clothes. And as we're reminded frequently, as I and my family were reminded today, even us will eventually go back to the dirt. 
The only thing that's going to last is the kingdom. And how we store up treasures. We can store up treasures here. You can be the richest person in the world. Have many homes, yachts, cars. And yet, it's all going to end up in the same place. It's only the treasures that we build up in heaven are in the kingdom that are going to last. The things that are going to last are what we teach our children. If we're parents and, and we're raising our kids, what we teach our ki- children. Are we teaching them to be kingdom-minded? Or are we tra- training them up to go, you know what, school is very important. Maybe we should skip church for it. You know, kids, dad's sick, so I guess we all got to stay home. Our kids learn from us what is valuable and what is not valuable. It's what we're teaching our kids. We have to make our mind up to say, you know what? The kingdom of God first. You know, it doesn't say, don't seek anything but the kingdom. It says, first, the kingdom. First, the kingdom. I didn't ask Brother Brian before I did. Brian Back is a great dentist. But being a dentist will fade away at some point in time in his life. He sought after being a dentist. God did not treat that as that was bad. In fact, when Brian went off to college, I never seen such spiritual growth in him as when he was in college and having to be by himself in a dorm and going, God, it's you and me. Even though he was learning about being a dentist, he was putting the kingdom first. See, we can search and, and do other things and seek after other things. We can seek after having a great retirement. We can seek after getting mental health taken care of. We can seek after all these things. But first, the kingdom. In 1 Kings 17, uh, they were in the middle of a a famine, and Elijah asked the the widow woman for a drink. And as she turned to go, he said, "Can, can you bring me some bread? And in, starting in verse 12, it says, Elijah went to the widow's house during the famine. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks. Not a bunch of sticks, because she didn't expect to have a great fire. Two sticks, that I may go in, in and dress it for me and my son. Then we may die, eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make 
me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make thee and not for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Decision time. She had it measured out. She knew exactly what she had left. She knew exactly that there was just enough, a little bit to eat for her and her son. Not enough for her, her son, and a big guy to eat. It wasn't like she was going to go, can you take a French fry? I'll take a French fry. There was an either or. She had a choice to make. Do I do the kingdom first or do I keep it to myself? See, if you think about it, we can look back at that choice and go, well, that wasn't a choice at all. Who wouldn't want to be able to eat for all the rest of the time the famine was going? But she didn't know that. All she knew is the man of God came up and said, give it to me first and your needs will be taken care of. The man of God came up and said, kingdom first and all these things shall be added. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her, he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake to Elijah. She could have totally said, you know what, Elijah, man of God, I understand that you're asking for it, but you don't understand the situation I'm in. All I can see is that me and my son are going to die. And we're just trying to get a last little bit of morsel. Her choice was boiled down to kingdom first and herself second. Or in other words, death or life. We, 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 we need to look at some of the situations we're going through and going, am I putting the kingdom first? If we look at the feeding of the 5,000, everybody was hungry. It wasn't like the disciples had a bunch of food and the 5,000 didn't. Nobody had the food except for the five loaves and two fishes. And we focus on, in on, on the miracle of God, of Jesus, breaking the bread and the fish and feeding the 5,000. But let's take a look at the disciples. They were just as hungry. Those five loaves and two fishes were given to a little boy. You have 12 hungry men. That is not even going to feed two of them, I would think. So there was a miracle right at the beginning because Jesus broke the bread and then the fish and gave it to the disciples. Jesus did not put the, give the food to the, to the people. He gave it to the disciples, the hungry, thirsty, sweaty disciples who could have said, thank you, Jesus, and started chowing down. They had a choice. 
they had a choice to eat or to give. They had a choice. Am I going to take myself first or am I going to make the kingdom first? The difference was their choice was making, getting one meal or getting a basket of food. Because at the end of the day, there were 12 baskets of food. Oh, there are 12 disciples. So those that put kingdom first seemed to have more than what they needed. The economy of Jesus, the economy of the kingdom is different than what we see. The investment that we give into the kingdom has different returns than when we invest into our own lives. See, we can make a choice and have ourselves into ourselves and, and, and go unblessed and have diminishing returns because everything's going to go to the trash heap. Or we can invest in the kingdom first and get more than what we invested. It's our choice. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and everything will be added. That's not us being greedy. It's not our greeds and our wants and desires. Because I sure could use a million dollars. I don't know about you. I could use more than that. I'm not trying to keep God in a box. But you know... It's not what I need, but it's what I want. But he said, if you seek the kingdom first, all your needs will be provided. Your needs. You know, you go back a couple of verses and it says, don't worry about what you, where you're going to live. Don't worry about what you're gonna wor- where you're going to work. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about these provisions because when you put the kingdom first, all these things will be added. But blessed, favored. You want to walk around favored, put the kingdom first. You want to walk around blessed, put the kingdom first. And again, that does not mean you don't seek after a good job. That doesn't mean that you don't seek after bettering bettering yourself through school. But it's seeking the kingdom first, which means, you know what, God? What job do you want me to have? Because, you know, I I could be wanting to be a basketball player. You guys weren't supposed to laugh right off the bat at that. (laughs) But Muggsy Bogues, I'm not. I could want all I want, but that doesn't mean it's what's best. I could want a job as a CEO of a major company, but would it destroy me and destroy my walk with God? So when I seek the kingdom first, I'm going, God, where do you want me to work? 
so that I can be a vessel to reach others. Lord, where do you want me to live and what house do you want me to live in so that I can be a vessel to reach others? That's seeking the kingdom because while we all want the mansion and we want the big nice pool in the back and the jacuzzi and all that stuff, that would be awesome. But you may not reach the neighborhood in that area. You may not be the one that can reach those people. You may be the one that you have to go to a $50,000 house that doesn't look the greatest, that may need some work because that's where the souls are that God is wanting you to reach. Because we have to go kingdom first. Matthew 6, 32, the verse before says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all these things, they seek after what job I can make the best. What, everything is about how they can get ahead in life. Who can I step on so I can get a little bit higher up the rank? says, this is how the Gentiles do it. But your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He knows you need a job. Because if you don't work, you don't eat. And there's plenty of jobs if you're looking for a job. He knows you're going to need food. Maybe not as much as we all been having. But he knows you need nourishment. He knows you need healing. He, needs, he knows you need a broken heart mended. He knows you need restoration. He knows every need that you have. He knows it. And yet, the very next verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom. First the kingdom. Twice in Matthew 6, he says, uh, the Father knoweth what you need. Matthew 6, 7 through 8, but when we pray, we pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Don't do it like the heathen. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like them unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you even ask. Then, right after that, he goes into the Lord's Prayer. And this, I think, is where we kind of skip by some stuff in, in the Lord's Prayer when we look to how we're supposed to pray. I think a lot of times we go, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Well, hold on, hold on. Forgive us our debts. And we kind of skip the as we forgive our debtors. And there's this little line in there that says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then it says, Give us this day our daily bread. A lot of our prayer time is stuck, Lord, I have this need. Lord, I'm going through this situation. Lord, I need healing. Lord, this, Lord, I, 
Lord, I, Lord, I. And again, he, he follows it up with our daily needs. It's not that we don't pray for our healing. It's not that we don't pray for our health. It's not that we don't pray for the things that we need. We are to pray for those things. But you have to have in the priority of the kingdom. You have to look at it through the priority of the kingdom. When we're sick and we're, we're facing difficult decisions in our life, what if we tried going, you know what, Lord? Obviously, I would love to be healed. But what lives can I touch for you through this sickness? Is there a nurse or a doctor at the hospital that I'm going to go to that, can hear, that needs to hear something about you? Is there a nurse in hospice that I can speak to in my darkest time? That your kingdom will grow. That your will will be done. That your kingdom will come in every situation we have. So what is a kingdom prayer? In 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord appeared to Solomon and asked what he wanted. God basically gave Solomon a blank check. Solomon could have said, I, I want a billion dollars. He could have said, I want that mansion with a pool. I want to be known worldwide as an influencer. I want to be famous. He had a blank check, but yet Solomon went kingdom first. In 1 Kings 3.9, Solomon says, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may, concern, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Now, how many of you have not heard of Solomon? King Solomon. How many of you have not heard of the great riches that King Solomon had? See, God turns around and goes, because you sought the kingdom first, I'm going to give all these things. I'm going to give you a long life. I'm going to give, he was the richest man ever. He was the wisest man ever. There was none like him. People came from far away just to have an audience with Solomon. He was the influencer. He was known worldwide. But it all started from a kingdom request. Our prayers need to be kingdom prayers first. What we did today, praying for my wife and I and praying for Jeff and Evelina for, for the missions trip, you were praying kingdom prayers. 
That was a kingdom prayer. And when you pray kingdom prayers, God goes, you know what? I take notice of that. See, today there is healing in the house. Today there is salvation in the house. Today is there, there is restoration in the house. Today there's a mended heart that has been broken in the house. It's when we get our priorities and our alignment correct. Lord, you are great. Holy are you, Jesus. You are a great God. Now, Lord, I pray that you will touch my neighborhood. Lord, I, I pray that there will be a Holy Ghost revival in my neighborhood. I pray that every house in my neighborhood has salvation come to it. Every house in my neighborhood has their hands lifted in worship. And let my, my neighborhood become a neighborhood of worship. Because it's not about me. It's about the kingdom and the kingdom growing. And when I start praying, Lord, I want to reach my neighborhood. I want to see lives changed because you are such an awesome God and you're worthy of everything I can give. It's when that happens that my needs are taken care of because God goes, you know what? You're taking care of the kingdom. I'm going to take care of you. And you know what? When I take care of you, there's no one that can take care of you like I can. Your husband, your wife, your job, the government, no one can take care of you like I can. No one's going to bless you. No one's going to give you favor. No one's going to do what I can do in your life. But we have to prioritize the kingdom. So if we could all stand. Sister Kayla is going to put a map up of Belva and the surrounding areas. Altar call is going to be a little different today. You can come to the front if you want or you can stay where you're at. See, kingdom prayers are big prayers. Kingdom prayers are bold prayers. Kingdom prayers are specific prayers. Lord, I pray that every church in the Belleville area become believers of you. Every church that is not speaking truth will know the truth, and that truth will go to them. Bold prayers, big prayers, but not about us. I've got brothers and sisters that are not saved. And when one of them dies that, that knows the Lord, it still puts a reminder in my, my mind that not all of them are serving God. And they're not going to make it unless I start praying kingdom prayers. How many of you have family members that don't know Jesus? And yet we've been sitting there going, Lord me, Lord I, Lord this, Lord that. It's all about me. And he's going, what about my kingdom? What about the 100,000 people that are living in this area that don't know me? I've got you. I have everything you need. But when are you going to pray for my kingdom? When are you going to start interceding for the souls in your town? When are you going to start interceding for your family outside of just your main family?
When are you going to start interceding for your brother and sister who are going through trials and tribulations that you could never understand? Goes against our thinking. Goes against the, the thinking of me first when we start going, you know what? Lord, your will. Your kingdom first. Lord, I want to see my co-workers saved. I want to see those in my neighborhood saved. I want to see those that I come in contact with at the grocery store saved. Because it's not about just me. Kingdom first. First the kingdom. And all these things will be added. But we have to change how we think. We have to change how we pray. So this morning, we're going to do some uh, more praying for some specific things in just a minute. But right now, I don't want anybody to pray about yourself. The king is asking, are you willing to pray for Belleville? Are you willing to pray for Fairview Heights and Shiloh and the surrounding communities? Before I ask for my healing, before I ask for my restoration, before anything else, am I willing to pray kingdom first? So I'm asking you today, if you could, wherever you want to be, if you want to be in your pew, if you want to come forward, if you could lift your hands and start to intercede for the city of Belva and the surrounding communities. Come on, let's pray. Pray with a passion. Pray like your neighbor's life depends on it because it does. Because the only thing that's going to matter is the kingdom. The only thing that matters is if we're going to make it to heaven. These things are temporal. These things won't last. But the kingdom is going to last forever. Lord, I pray for that friend that it doesn't seem like they're ever going to come to you. I pray that you will move in their lives and work situations out that they will see you and they will know you and that you reveal yourself to them as their king.
The widow woman gave everything. The widow woman gave everything, and what she got was life. We need to give everything in our in this spot. Talk to Jesus. We surrender everything to you, Lord, and I, we pray that your Lord, your kingdom will come. We're going to focus and we're going to continue to intercede for our city. But I've asked some pe- a couple people to come and, and lead us in some focused prayer.